right, well, here we are back in Diego Garcia Studios, sitting on a pier next to the Indian Ocean. It is high tide. The sound of the surf might be a little too much, but you get what you fucking get around here. Um, yeah, I can't control the tide of the moon, and I can't control my fucking work schedule, so just do this shit when we can. Uh... So obviously I'm back on a ship in uh, Diego Garcia, and I, I don't know, I've been on the ship for maybe a couple of weeks now, kind of lost track of time, every day's blending into the next as it should, but uh, I got about eight hours I can play with, with overtime, so I can get off, only work eight hours a day instead of 12, and get off the ship and maybe get a beer or do a podcast or whatever the fuck. Um, anyway, I said before I was going to just really talk about whatever the fuck I wanted to. And um, if something resonated with me at the time, I would talk about that. Well, I stumbled upon a book. I don't really know where this book came from. I guess I ordered it. I don't remember ordering it. I had never heard of it before. But I had a stack of books that I planned on bringing out here with me so I'd have shit to read before I went to bed or whatever and this thing is called uh, Many Lives Many Masters by Brian Weiss uh, the true story of a prominent psychiatrist, his young patient and the past life therapy that changed both their lives so like I said I don't really know where this book came from or why I got it or whatever but I decided to read it and it was pretty good. It's worth talking about. Um, the whole concept of past lives and reincarnation. Um, I've kind of stumbled upon through a couple other different books. And it's an interesting concept. There was one book on, uh, I think the book's called Positive Magic. And it had a whole section on reincarnation. Evidence of reincarnation. And some of the evidence they talked about was uh, if you had irrational phobias or, you know, some sort of strong emotion attached to an event or a circumstance that you couldn't explain. So say you were terrified of the water, um, you, had a, you know, some fear of drowning, but you had never drowned or you never had a bad experience in the water. You were just like born with this, um, you know, this uh, debilitating fear. Um, according to that book, you know, that was a sign of a past life. So. You know, you, you experienced something in some past life and you brought that into this life and that's why you're afraid of the water because you had some bad experience. And, you know, you can explain that in a bunch of different ways. So I had already kind of experienced or, or been introduced to this theory. But in this book, so this guy, he's a psychiatrist and he um, graduated top of his class in Columbia and then he went on to medical school in Yale and, uh, yeah, he was a somebody. And, you know, he used traditional therapeutic methods. And he had this patient, this young lady, and, man, she was, uh, she had all kind of crazy fears and phobias, scared of the dark. And she was, like, sleeping in a closet because it was the only place she felt safe. And uh, she was really, really good-looking, young, um, bright, you know, on the outside. Had all the tools to lead a happy life, but 
She was miserable. And it was all because of these irrational fears that she had. And I think he he treated her for maybe like a year and a half without really much results, and it was confusing the shit out of him. He said she was a good patient, and um, she was receptive to like traditional techniques. They just didn't have any effect. You know, she just wasn't getting any better. And so one day he decided to change tactics and hypnotize her. And all of a sudden she started talking about these past lives she had. And uh, like I said, I'll give you the cliff notes. According to her, she had had like 86 lives, if I'm not mistaken. But um, some of them came and went, and, and she really never brought them up. They didn't really have any significance. Um, there was about 10 of her past lives that would come up, and she would kind of revisit them, revisit different parts of them. And she went through, also under hypnosis, like dying and leaving her body. And <clears throat> But her descriptions of her past lives were extremely detailed and she knew things that she shouldn't have known. Um, like uh, one of them, she was like a servant and she made butter and she like talked for like 30 minutes on how to make butter. Well, she didn't know how to fucking make butter. You know, she was like a modern day woman. And, but anyway, so there's a bunch of really weird things going on as far as like her knowing things that she shouldn't have known. Also, she started telling this guy about himself while she was under hypnosis about, he had a, a infant son that died. She knew about that. Um, she knew about a relationship with his father, or yeah, his relationship with his father. She knew his father. He was Jewish. Um, she knew his father's like Jewish name. It wasn't about the name that he went by on an everyday basis, but um, uh, it was just whatever you know. It, this it was blowing the psychiatrist's mind because he did not really believe in any of this shit. He really wasn't spiritual or um he had no dog in this fight he was just listening and another aspect of it was after she would die she would like kind of go to this um wherever you go when you die i wouldn't call it heaven but it was like spirit gods and he got to talk to the spirit gods through her and they kind of laid out um what the whole what the whole game was and evidently, supposedly, you're born and you live a life and you have certain lessons you're supposed to learn. Um, you also have, you can carry debts from your past life. So if you've been shitty, uh, yeah, you got to pay for that in your next life and on and on and on and on. And um, essentially, they said the name of the game was to become... Without saying, I think they said like more godlike or something like that. But um, I, I talked about this in another podcast a long time ago, and I was like, "What's the fucking point of us being here?" I threw up some fear theories like, "Were we supposed to learn like what uh, unconditional love was, or um, that we're you know we're all connected?" And a bunch of woo woo shit. I'm not gonna make light of it. Because um, the whole concept was actually pretty intriguing to me because um, you really don't need... And, and it's kind of crazy that I just did a podcast on death, too. 
and then I read this thing, and it's really, I was talking about that I really wasn't all that worried about dying. I didn't want to die, but, you know, it wasn't a concern. And um, so if you believe in this shit, that you're going to come back, and any lesson that you didn't learn this time around, you're going to get a second chance, and if you fuck up this time around, you'll get a chance to redeem yourself. It kind of takes a lot of pressure off of you, you know? It's like, okay, I can just, uh, you know, do my best. But, you know, you do have to be, you do want to do the right thing. Uh, You want to treat people the way you should treat them. And you want to be a good person because evidently, according to this, um, yeah, that shit will come and bite you back in the ass next time around. Anyway, it was a very interesting book, and it changed this guy's life. He became kind of a really, um, he just had a really different perspective on life and, and how to help people. And, you know, he continued his practice, and he didn't always use, like, hypnosis and past lives. But it, what, it did open up a whole new toolbox for him that he did use. And he used it effectively. And the patient, the young lady in the book, um, as he worked through her issues from her past life, she became better. And, um, yeah, she no longer needed therapy. She was like uh, just a really happy, peaceful person. Her life was full of joy and purpose. And um, it was the most effective therapy that you know and, and it happened very very rapidly like her once they got into that state of her being in hypnosis and and dealing with trauma from her past lives like she became better like from one visit to the next noticeably <clears throat> all of her phobias started to go away and anyway the bottom line is you know it worked so whether or not it was true or not or if it was like a, just a function of her subconscious i mean at the end of the day you can't argue with the results so, yeah, she was kind of a miserable human being at the beginning of it. And at the end of it, she was very liberated and, and um, led a really good life. Um, there was another crazy story. At the end of it, he said he was, because he became sort of famous for this sort of therapy. And people would seek him out. And he had a patient that was um, from China. I believe it was a businesswoman, and she did not speak any English. So he hypnotized her and was talking to her through an interpreter. And then all of a sudden, she started talking to him in perfect English, like with no accent or anything. And she was saying it was part of one of her past lives. Like she was in the state of California, like in, I want to say in the 1800s or something like that. But it confused the fuck out of the interpreter because he started talking to the therapist in Chinese. Like, you know, she started talking in English, so he started talking in Chinese. And the guy, uh, Miss Dr. Weiss or whatever, was like, no, nah, man, I, I can understand her. You don't, you don't need to interpret now. And, yeah, the interpreter was like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, it was a very interesting book. I think it was... It was damn sure worth reading. So if that interests you, check it out. I think he wrote like two other books too. I might have to check them out later. Um, that's really all I got right now. I mean, as far as like um, anything serious. Um, on some non-serious shit. I don't even know if I should. I should talk about this. It's a joke. 
All right, everybody, just relax. Uh, this is like some shit that went down in the control room. I don't even know how the fuck we got on the topic. But um, I'm sure we were talking about women and marriage and whatever. And um, I had this idea of selling <laughs> domestic abuse um, legal counsel insurance. So... <laughs> If you were some, if you were some husband, and you know your wife said some crazy shit one day, or did some really crazy shit, and you lost it and beat the hell out of her, like as a wedding gift, somebody would give you this, like uh, you know, it was like an insurance policy for your defense, for your legal defense. And uh, you know, arguments started to get like out of hand, and she started to throw some crazy shit at you, and. You could tell she's really trying to get on your nerves. You just pull out the policy and wave it in her face like, bitch, don't make me cash this shit in. Anyway, it was a fucking, that's some dark humor. And I'm not making light of domestic abuse. I mean, I am, but I'm not really, you know, come on, relax. It's just a joke. Um, also, uh, these guys on the ship, it's basically the same group of guys that were here a little bit over a year ago. Last time I was here. And so I know them all. I knew what was going on in their lives when I left. And they kind of knew what was going on in my life. And um, Anyway, I, I've, I've been a busy boy for the last year or so. Um, I've, I've done a lot of... Not, well, some of it's wild shit. And some of it's just, you know, whatever. I've, I've, I've been busy. Um, I've got a lot of stories. Some good, some bad. But they're all fucking entertaining. And, uh... We were, we were talking about women and this guy in the engine room looked at me and he's like, why do I feel like you like playing with broken toys? <laughs> and I ain't going to lie. There must be some truth to that because it stung a little bit. I was like, man, maybe sit back and think, uh, yeah, he might have a point. He might have a fucking point. But, um, Anyway, it was just, you know, every now and then somebody says something to you that strikes a chord. Um, he doesn't know me that well, so where he got that from, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I like playing with broken toys. That shit was funny. Um, other than that, life is pretty chill. I, I really don't have much to report. Um, other than, man, I got no complaints. Um... I don't listen to the news. I have no other, no fucking clue what's going on in the world. I'm going to be on the ship in Diego for probably late May. Hopefully I get out of here in late May and I'll um, pretty much go straight to Alaska and then be fishing there. Um, it's going to be a challenge. I can, I can do this podcast periodically, probably once a week here on the ship. I just got to get some shit to talk about. I'm not a... I'm not blessed with the last time I was on the ship, I was working with some guys that were really good to talk to. And we had some really, really interesting conversations and that created a lot of content last time around. Um, I do not have that this time around. I'm pretty much on my fucking own. So I'll do my best. Um, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, it's good to be back here. It's beautiful here. There's no trouble to get into. 
I'm eating well, I'm sleeping better. Toby's no longer threatening to baker at me and send me to the fucking psych ward against my will for my own protection, which I think was a little excessive on his, but I don't think I was that bad, but I definitely could use a break. So I'm going to get one right now, whether I want it or not. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy the clean air and the sunshine and, um, yeah, then go to Alaska and then, man, I, I know a long time ago I was talking about going to South America to try out this ayahuasca and I said I was going to do it, um, last year and I got fucking sidetracked with some bullshit and I didn't go and kind of kicking myself, but you know. I've kind of described to this ascribed to this theory that everything happens for a reason. Everything happens in due time. And I, I think I had some lessons to learn before I go that hopefully I learned. And maybe now this time I'll go, I'll, I'll get what I'm really looking for out of that experience. But in September, I'm going, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. As soon as I'm done with Alaska, I'm going straight there. I'm not passing go. I'm not collecting $200. So looking forward to that. I will tell you this too, man. I got a technology is a wild thing. I um I was in bed and my phone chimed and it was this artist from Memphis, this woman named Haley. Hold on a second, I'll give you her Instagram handle. Yeah, alright. Her uh, Instagram handle is art by hailstorm, A R T underscore B-Y underscore H-A-Y-L-S-T-O-R-M. And uh, she's an artist. She lives in Memphis. I met her at some, uh, it's like an EDM show. And she was selling some artwork. And she had this one piece that was messing with my brain. The thing looked alive. It wasn't alive, but it looked alive. And it was the only thing in the whole venue that was um, doing anything weird. So anyway, I bought that off of her, and it's on my wall now. She went down to a festival in Okeechobee, Florida, and did a painting during the festival, like while um, the festival was going on. And, and she was. I saw it. And she said it was for sale and to DM her, so I did. And she gave me a price that was ridiculously low, and I was, like, sold for the original piece. And I was like, girl, you need an agent. <laughs> because she's selling this original artwork at, like, man, bargain basement prices. So, anyway, it was just wild to me that I'm on a ship literally on the other side of the world. I'm like 12 hours difference exactly from Memphis. So, I mean, I'm literally on the other side of the globe in the opposite hemisphere. And, uh, yeah, I was able to pull off an art purchase from my bunk and that shit's wild. Um, I've bitched before about social media and people getting a little narcissistic and I don't know, people just, in, in my opinion, they get really wrapped up in, um, I went to see Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock live in Memphis. I forgot, man, that's worth talking about. They put on a hell of a show, as you can imagine. It was hilarious. Um, I brought my buddy Nighthawk along 
who is this older gentleman that's been working Beale Street in Memphis since like 87. And uh, he ended up being really drunk and falling down the seats. I thought I killed a legend because he's kind of famous in Memphis. But uh, he was all right. He survived. He's a tough bastard. But Chris Rock was talking about the opioid epidemic. And... But he was like, that's not the worst addiction in our society. He's like, even though the opioid thing is a problem, he's like, we are addicted to attention. And he went on about a, I don't know, 15-minute rant about social media and, you know, people doing all these posts and judging themselves by how many likes they get. And, you know, he's just saying that it wasn't healthy. And I'm in complete fucking agreement. But... Man, there is a really, really good side to technology, and, and that is it has given us the ability to stay connected to people over some crazy fucking distances. Like I said, I'm about as far away from home as I can get, and um, I can call people. Um, I haven't tried to FaceTime anybody yet. I don't know if my Wi-Fi will support that, but I tried. I was going to try to do that at some point, um, but phone calls are very easily done through various apps, WhatsApp or Messenger. And, um, yeah, and you can buy artwork from your bunk floating in a lagoon in the middle of a volcano in the middle of the Indian Ocean. You can buy shit from uh, an artist in Memphis. And if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what does. But, anyway, um, back to Chris Rock. I think, man, I, I'm going to have to say Chris Rock was, I think he was funnier than Chappelle. Chappelle was good. I can't really remember a whole lot of Chappelle said, but Chris Rock, one one joke that stuck out, <laughs> Chris Rock was going off about abortion. He was pro-choice and, you know, he, he agreed that a uh, woman should be, that's, you know, her reproductive rights are, you know, that's that's her business. But then he was like, ladies, let me give you all some advice. He said, if you have to pay for your own abortion, you should definitely get an abortion. And I laughed my ass off. Um, I can't argue with that. Damn, he nailed that shit. But anyway, Chris Rock was funny. You probably heard in the news he was talking shit about Will Smith and Jada that was funny, too, but it was a damn good show. I'm glad I got to see it. Um, got to see it right before I left. And uh, kind of a bucket list thing, because I've always been a Chappelle fan. Um, and him and Chris Rock, you know, you know, they're probably two of the best comedians. You know, They're probably top ten of all time, and I got to see them both at one time. So that was, uh, that was really cool. Yeah, well, that's enough. I hope everybody's... Getting along and uh, enjoying life. I wish you the best. <laughs> Good luck, motherfuckers. I'm out.